the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pleading with God to see his glory until he shows it. Next, on Times of Refreshing with Napoleon Kaufman. From the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, welcome. Greetings in Christ. This is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. We're in the middle of a series called His Glory, and we're taking a look at the manufactured glory is exposed out of Exodus chapter 32 and the life of Moses. It's an amazing passage that should give us all great hope and encouragement to know that God's design for us is his glory. Won't you join us? Again, we find ourselves here today in Exodus chapter 32. With this edition of Times of Refreshing, here's Pastor Napoleon. He's telling the people what God is saying. And he comes down. But when he comes down, look what happens. Verse 17. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, it is not the noise of the shouts of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat. But the sound, but the sound of singing, he says, I hear. Now, I like this because I actually, I like this because what happens is, saints, just like in their time, there's a noise of war in the camp in Christendom right now. There's a noise of war in the camp, in Christendom. This, these, these people doing this, there's so much, there's confusion. And that's why we have to get our eyes up and focus upon the Lord. Because this is the deception. Look at verse 19. So it was, as soon as he came near the camp, That he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot. And he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire, and ground it with powder. And he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron... What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? What did this, the pressure of the people has got to you and now you've acquiesced and you've given into this and now you've caused them to sin. This is getting heavy up in here. And this is what happens. What happened to us? Where's our leadership? We got to get back to the Bible. We got to get back to holiness we got to get back to righteousness and loving each other and forgiving each other. 
We got to get back to honoring Jesus and doing whatever we can to glorify his name. And the shouting doesn't matter. The dancing doesn't matter. The music doesn't matter. All that's not, that's not the sign that God is in your midst. These people were shouting when they came down. They were dancing and having a great time when he came down the mountain. Just having a blast. Woo, we're having so much fun. Is God in there? No. I think he is. Listen to me, y'all, because this is what's happening. This is what's happening. There's a war going on. Is it do we want the shout and the dance or do we want God? Do we want entertainment? Now, let me give you guys a, a, little, a, little, bit of a, a little bit of my heart on this. You guys see that I'm, I, I, I talk about this stuff a lot, and I'm very, very diligent about bringing this stuff up because don't forget, and you guys know this, I came out of the entertainment industry. Deacon Rob came out of the entertainment industry. And so I know that spirit. And I, and I know when you're going to a football game, you want to be entertained. You go to a basketball, you want to be entertained. When you go to, you know, a boxing match, you want to be entertained. You, you go to a place, you want to be entertained. And, and you understand it. I understand that, what, that's, what that looks like, what it feels like. But, but when you come into the church, this is not an entertainment center. Can I have an amen, y'all? When we get into church, we can't. This isn't an entertainment center. This isn't the movie theater. This isn't a training and equipping center, a place that we come to, to congregate, to hear about God so we can become more like him and then allow God to change us. And then we can go out there and wage war against the devil and bring people out of depression and heartache and drugs and, and get their lives turned around. And it's a fight. And we got to be trained up and equipped. And God comes and meets us here to get us right for that kind of battle. This isn't a show. But the children of Israel are dancing around, and they're having a party, and they're looking at this thing like a show. And Moses comes down, he breaks the tablets, he comes out, and he begins to tear down this golden calf that they've erected for themselves and declaring that this is the God that brought them out. And it wasn't the God that brought them out. Can I have an amen, y'all? I got to preach that this morning. And he says here, in verse 21, and Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? So Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. Now watch this. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let him break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it in the fire, and this calf came out. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now, I know I just read that he took the gold and made it. And now he's lying to the man of God and saying that he just threw it in there, and then poof, it just came out. If all else fails, blame it on somebody else. And, this, and the point that I want to get with this is, all of us 
have to take personal responsibility. That's why I'm saying it's not just a congregation problem. It's also a pulpit problem. It's not just a pulpit problem. It's also a congregational problem. Stop going to churches and trying to find somebody that's just going to tell you what you want to hear. Find somebody that's going to give you the word of God and is not concerned about your feelings. But that God loves you enough and wants God's best for your life. Can I have an amen, y'all? But this is part of the problem that we have. Now he's blaming it on them. When he's the one who fashioned and formed it because he was afraid and he gave himself over to the desires of the people. And then look what happens. And this happens all the time. And we've got to get back to a place where I want to just say this. I love y'all. I love y'all. But my, my, but my job isn't to become everybody's best buddy around here. And I'm friends with a lot of you. I love y'all. But, but my prayer is, is that your desire is for me to make sure that I'm seeking God and constantly going before God and not trying to be some politician and trying to be friends with everybody. I want to be friends with people. But, my, but I want you to know, man, that guy, he loves God, man. And he's going to go before God. He's not trying to. And that's why, even as the pastor of this church, I don't get involved with a bunch of stuff. I can't. It's enough for me to take care of my wife and my kids and then, and then, and then pastor the church and then read my Bible so that I'm in here trying to figure out what God is saying so I can communicate that to y'all on Sunday mornings and during the week. Can I have an amen, y'all? And continue to lead the church along myself and along with the elders in this church. Pastor, he's not lovey-dovey. Listen, I love you more than you know. And it's not that. It's not we homeboys. Can I have an amen? I don't need Pastor David Cannon Tracy to be my homeboy. I need him to pray and seek God and pray for me and my wife and my family and be a man of God and be my pastor. Can I have an amen? It's not that I remember, oh my goodness. It blessed my heart. I was getting ready to go to speak at an event. And I was speaking at an event. And I'm pastoring this church. And I'm speaking at an event. And I told Pastor David, I'm going to this event. I'm going down to speak. Blah, 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 blah. I just, in passing. My pastor, unbeknownst to me, when they went to prayer... He, he told everybody where I was going to speak, and they stopped, and they prayed for me and all those other things. So I called Nicole, who's the worship leader over there, and she was like, oh, so you're going to this event to go and speak and everything. I said, how'd you know about that? She said, because we were up praying for you, and Pastor was praying for you this morning. That's how I knew. And I said to myself, praise God. It's not, and, and, and it has to be deeper. And if Aaron had a connection with God and loved God and was fiercely loyal to God, he would have told the people, no, that's not God. We got to be patient and wait for the man of God to come down from the mountain because God brought him up there so he can come down and bring us what we need. But he let his relationship and his insecurity get the best of him. And now he acquiesces and gives in to the desire of the people. And then when Moses calls him on it, he blames the people. Let's finish this out, y'all. It says here, um, verse 24, 
And he said to them, whoever has any gold, let's go back up to verse uh, um, 22. So Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, make us gold that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them break it off so that they gave it to me and cast and, and, and I cast it in the fire. And this calf came out. Now, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained. For Aaron had not restrained them. To their shame among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves, it says, together to him. Moses commanded the, the, the tribe of Eli, I mean Levi, to go forth. They began to kill about 3,000 people. God was upset. People died. It was, it, if you read the rest of the chapter, it's sad. But the thing that's really sad to me is when Moses says, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. There was only one tribe out of the 12 that came. The tribe of Levi. And that's how ultimately they became the the priesthood before God. And God gave them an everlasting uh, position and place as priest in the kingdom. Because they were willing to step out. Saints, always remember, there are 12 tribes. One tribe was the ones that said, man, we're stepping on the side with God. One, God will always have a remnant. He will always have a remnant that refused to bow their knee to Baal, that will refuse to compromise, that will refuse to, to, to cross the line and forsake God and look for stuff. He will always have, he will always have a remnant. And for us, we have to see the beauty of being a part of a remnant that's saying, I'm not crossing, I'm not giving myself to this foolishness. I'm going to stand with Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to be some great one. I want to be obedient to God. This is what God is looking for. He's looking for people like the Levites that will say, in the midst of the camp, we're going to hold tight to that which God has established and refuse to move. While people are making their images... While people are making their images and while, while, while errands are, are just acquiescing to what people want. There's a camp that says, I'm not moving. We're going to stand with God. And it's not always the most popular camp. But it's the camp that God will honor and God will continue to bless and release his spirit and his glory in the midst of them. Because there's a manufactured glory. When they took all that gold and they made this golden calf. Gold always is symbolic of glory. It's manufactured as something that my hands have put together that's pleasing to the people. And people have manufactured the glory. We start faking the glory. We start making up stuff. And we start saying this is God and it's not God. Instead of being patient and allowing God as he delays to do a deep work in a person's heart and life. And then you're sustained. God takes the Levites and he begins to use them in a mighty way. 
Now I want to give you a New Testament picture of what we see here. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to close it out with this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. This is what the Apostle Paul says to Timothy. And let this be a reminder for all of us. It says in verse 1, it says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He says in verse 2, preach the word. When Moses came down from the mountain, he had the word of God. He had the words of God with him. And it's important that this is something that we desire, we long for, and we want to hear the word of God. I want to hear the preaching and the teaching of the word of God that magnifies God and glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, he says, uh, preach the word. He says, be ready in season and out of season. For us, it's important for us, not only as preachers, but as Christians, that we're ready in season and out of season. That word in the Greek, it literally means when it is convenient and when it is not convenient. So God is going to, he wants me to preach the, the gospel and preach the word of God when it is convenient and when it's not convenient. The word of God will challenge all of us. The preaching of the word of God is not something that we just do when we feel like doing it. When it's convenient for us or when it, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us to open our mouths and speak to people that we know may say something bad to us or cuss us out. It's going to cost us to say the hard thing to a person knowing that they may look at you funny and never talk to you again. It's going to cost us when you have to tell somebody in love the truth. And, it's, and it's sometimes it's not convenient. It's going to cost you when sometimes you get a call at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and, and, and somebody needs help and they need you to minister to them. And then the next thing you know, you got to get up at 1 o'clock and get in your car and then go and help somebody when you're tired and you want to get some sleep. But you know that somebody needs help and they need the word of God. And this is what God is looking for from us. But we got to get back to understanding the beauty and the love and the joy of just the Word of God. I love worship. I believe worship is the most important things in terms of when we come in the door, we want to glorify God and magnify Him. But make no mistake about it. The Word of God is ultimately what all of us need. The worship just opens our heart to receive the Word of God. Can I have an amen? And so what we want to do is be a church that loves worship, but man, we just love the word. That there's, there's no either or, it's both. And like I said, woe be it to any church where, where the pastor stands up and says, you only got 15 minutes to worship God. Well, what if God doesn't show up? Well, the service is going on, brother. Well, we'll be it to anybody that, well, you know what? I don't like going in the church, you know. They, they preach too long. But you can sit there and watch that Warriors game for three hours. You can't sit and hear a message for an hour. We get some air conditioning going in here. Because it's getting hot in here. When we get the word of God, when, when people have a hard time, they don't want the word. But I love the Apostle Paul. He says, Timothy, preach the word. He says, in season and out of season. He says, convince. 
He says, rebuke. That word convince, it means to convict. It means, and then he says, rebuke. There's going to be times when we, God is going to bring conviction. He is also going to bring rebuke in our lives through the word. He says, exhort. The church should be a place where we come and we experience exhortation. Then we pull people out of the pit. When we bring people out of their situation, be exhort, exhorted. You can, the word exhort means to build up, that we start to build people up. And we break down the barriers. And we don't do it with a scowl on our face. We do it with a smile on our face. Knowing the same way that God helped me, this is the same way God can help you. Can I have an amen? He says exhort with all lung suffering. He says and teaching. So we want to preach, but we also want to teach. We want to exhort. We want to preach. Sometimes you're going to hear me in here like I'm doing now. I'm getting fired up in here. We, we going after it. And then sometimes if you come to our, our Bible study, we're just teaching. We need both. One gets you going high, and then the other grounds you. Look at verse 3. For the time will come. Look at your neighbor and tell them the time will come. Saints, I'm telling you right now, the time is now. The time is now. The time is now. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves errands. They're going to find them errands. They're going to find teachers. But, but we know, we already saw it in the book of Exodus, they're going to find some errands. He says, will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. He says to Timothy, fulfill your ministry. This war is going on and it's our job to make sure, especially as elders, that we're constantly monitoring what's happening. Part of my commission and responsibility is to watch out for the church and to watch out for people's souls. There's going to be times, saints, when I, when I have to put my foot down about stuff because I'm going to do the best I can to protect this house. I've given my life to protect this house. And it's, and it's, our, job, it's our job to make sure that we're constantly doing this and then helping people to understand that you have to gravitate towards that which is going to make you whole in Christ and is going to point you to him. Amen. But people have itching ears. They find something that feels comfortable to them, and even if it isn't the truth, it doesn't matter as long as it makes them feel good. But walking with God, sometimes, saints, you're not going to feel good. We have people in this church right now that are fighting terrible situations, but they're just hanging on to Jesus. And it doesn't always feel good. But they're hanging on to Jesus. And God is delaying. But they're hanging on to Jesus. 
And they don't know when he's going to come. But they're hanging on to Jesus. And they don't know when their situation is going to change. But they're hanging on to Jesus. And they don't always feel shiveries. But they're hanging on to Jesus. And they don't know how they're going to make it. But they're hanging on to Jesus. But I, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging for bread. God will come through. And he'll split the red sea for you. Right when you need him. This, oh my God. Woo, just, just keep hanging on. Can I have an amen, y'all? Just keep hanging on. Don't worry about if somebody's up in the mountain. Just keep your eyes on the mountain. I will look to the hills from which my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. You just keep hanging on. Don't build something crazy. Don't manufacture something. Don't worry, don't start stressing over it and falling out over it and fearing over it. Just keep hanging on to Jesus. And he'll see you through every time. I give you my word. I give you his word. A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding.